Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff, and it's Wednesday, August 7th. The greatest gymnast in the world, perhaps of all time, is Simone Biles. And she's in Kansas City to compete in the United States Gymnastics Championship at Sprint Center. The competition for women and men begin Thursday. Biles won four gold medals at the 2016 Rio Olympics. And at Sprint Center, she'll bid to become the first woman gymnast in 70 years to win six consecutive all-around titles. But when she met with reporters on Wednesday, Biles didn't spend much time talking about her new skills and Olympic hopes. She used her platform to amplify a message she tweeted out last week, saying USA Gymnastics and the U.S. Olympic Committee and other national governing bodies failed her and the sport during years of sexual abuse by former trainer Larry Nasser. Nasser, who started working with USA Gymnastics in 1986, is serving a prison term of 175 years for committing multiple sex crimes against the young gymnast. Bile said she was one of those women. She's continued to compete, and on Wednesday, surrounded by a throng of reporters recording every word, she spoke, and I'm going to use a quote from Vahe Gregorian's column here, with a raw, visceral emotion that she had seldom, if ever, displayed before. Let's hear from Simone Biles when she was asked about continuing to speak out on this issue. I think it's important because we have a platform, and I think when we tweet, it obviously goes a long way, so we're blessed to be given a platform so that people will hear and listen, but, you know, it's not easy coming back to the sport, coming back to the organization that has failed you, Um, but, you know, at this point, I just try to think, I'm here as a professional athlete with my club team and stuff like that because it's not easy being out here because I feel like every day is a reminder of what I went through and what I've been through and what I'm going through and how how I've come out of it. But, you know, I try just not to think about it, Um, but it is hard. But once you see that, like the FBI even was on it and he, like, drank with Steve Penny and stuff, it's like... Did you guys really not like us that much that you couldn't just do your job? And at the end of the day, it's really sad for us because it becomes a problem whenever we work with future people. How can we trust them? They bring in new people all the time, and I automatically put my foot up because the people that I had known for years had failed us. So it's hard for them to bring anyone up to us. I don't know. It's hard to talk about. It's really hard to talk about. I just feel like... I don't know. I don't mean to cry, but it's just, it's hard coming here for an organization and having had them failed us so many times. And we, we had won gold. We've done everything that they asked us for, even when we didn't want to, and they couldn't do one damn job. You had one job. You literally had one job and you couldn't protect us. And it's just really sad because now every time I go to the doctor or training, I get worked on. It's like, I don't want to get worked on, but my body hurts. I'm 22 and at the end of the day, that's my fifth rotation, and I have to go do therapy. But it's just hard, and we try to work through it, but it'll take some time. I'm strong. I'll get through it, but it's hard. That's powerful stuff from Simone Biles. Then we heard how difficult it was for her to continue training as news of the scandal grew and as she absorbed its impact. You feel everything at once. It hits you like a train wreck. And it was really hard for me to train. Um, A lot of the days I would actually walk out of the gym and Cecile and Laurent would understand. Um, And then there were times where I just, like, wouldn't show up to the gym. Um, But, you know, you get back into a routine. And I was like, 
I didn't want them to think it was their fault that I was leaving and walking out of practice and not showing up. So they helped me through a lot of it, actually. Um, but it wasn't easy because every time I walked into the gym, some days I would be super excited and then a flip would switch and I would just leave. And then other days I would last two practices and I'd be there and I'd be having fun. But, you know, it's the little thoughts that creep in. But I've gone to therapy, obviously, so that has helped. Um, so I stay in practice now, do my work, get everything I'm supposed to done. Um, but I don't know, it takes time and there's no, like, manual. And I feel like as a gymnast, if we're hurt or if something goes wrong, you go to the doctor, you go to your coaches, and they tell you all the right steps to the healing process. But for this, everybody's healing process is different, and I think that's the hardest part because I feel like maybe I should be healed or this or that, but I, I feel like it'll be an open wound for a really long time, and it might not ever get closed or healed, but, you know, it's what I go to therapy for, and we'll see. A few hours after Simone Biles held court at Sprint Center, Lili Long, the president and CEO of USA Gymnastics, issued a statement, and she said, Simone Biles is undoubtedly the best gymnast of the world and possibly of all time. She's an outstanding representative for gymnastics and the United States. We at USA Gymnastics have made a lot of progress in strengthening our athlete safety measures and putting our athletes first, but we know we have more to do. One of our goals is for our athletes to feel comfortable in speaking up and sharing their opinions, and we are listening to what they have to say. We'll continue to work hard to demonstrate to Simone and all of our athletes, members, community, and fans that we are working to foster a safe, positive, and encouraging environment where athlete voices are heard. We join the rest of her fans and the sport in wishing her the best of success this week at the championships. Simone also made a social media splash with a goat and her last name in silver stones on the back of her leotard during the open practice. Why a goat? Well, it stands for the greatest of all time, and she shared her thoughts about that Wednesday. We're not used to seeing this in gymnastics. Mm -hmm. We've seen it with other sports, particularly yeah. male athletes, but female yeah, athletes are starting to own when they're good. Yes. How important is that and what kind of message do you want to send by doing that? Mm -hmm. I think it's important because you'll go your whole entire career and everybody will tell you you're great, but the minute you think you're great or you say you're good, you're like, oh my gosh, you're so cocky, like cancel her, this or that. And I just think it really hurts a lot of us athletes out here. And you know, at the end of the day, there should be times where we can celebrate whenever we do a good routine or if you've been on a winning streak for a year or so forth, I think it's something that you should have pride in and not be cocky about it, but you should have pride in it. And I think it's really special. And hopefully girls will watch and learn about it um, as long as it's in a good, respectful way. Vahe has covered gymnastics and the Olympics. After the Simone Biles interview, he caught up with USA Today's terrific national columnist, Nancy Armour. Nancy has written extensively about the Nasser scandal, and she was the one who asked Simone Biles about her tweet. It's our privilege and pleasure to be here with Nancy Armour from USA Today, um, a good friend, and also someone who I think has the utmost of expertise on, on the things we're going to talk about. I feel like you've been at the forefront of everything with USA Gymnastics. So, I don't want you to comment on that, <laughs> but... Um, we were all quite struck today by how Simone Biles reacted to actually two of your questions mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, the first of which I thought was pretty interesting um, as you asked her just about sort of female empowerment um, and the GOAT 
and the bios thing. I, I wonder if just we could I could ask you about that a little bit at first. Um, it seemed like she saw that as a moment to just kind of declare that you know I'm allowed to be happy about what I've achieved. Yeah, and I I think that's it's wonderful to see. And we've seen so much of that this summer. You know, I was in France for the Women's World Cup, and that was one thing that was so impressive about the U.S. women was they owned their confidence and their swagger. You know, they they recognized that they were good because they had put in the work and they weren't afraid to say that and they weren't afraid to brag about themselves. And I, I think that's wonderful. And, and I think Simone has done the same thing. And for anybody to even question whether she has earned the right to wear a personalized leotard, which is where all of this started, um, is kind of absurd because she has not lost a meet that she's entered since 2013. She won five medals at the Olympics, four of which were gold. She has more world titles than any gymnast in history, male or female. So if you're talking about greatest of all time, if you don't have Simone's name at the, you know, at the top of that list, you're doing it wrong. So, you know, this was her way of basically just saying to the critics, you know what, step back. And I think it's great because I, I think it's it's powerful for her to have that voice, but it also sends a message to younger gymnasts, younger girls who look up to her, who they should be proud of their accomplishments and they shouldn't feel like they should have to apologize or back down from anything that they've done. I am sure that's true, that that message resonates. I'm also sure that it's a message those, those girls need to see and, and probably for another day when we have you for a, a whole podcast perhaps, <laughs> Um, I'd really want to explore the broader point here about, you know, why women seem to get called out for this, but men don't. But we'll stay within this framework for now. <laughs> um, the, uh, the second question that, among others, I think you might have asked, but um, the, the second one really evoked a very, I guess for lack of a better term, piercing, poignant response from her. And you asked her, really, I think the context was you brought up the congressional report last week and um, alluded to her tweet about it. And um, from from my perspective, she started off sort of, you know, a, a little little calmly, but, but really it kind of built to uh, something that I hope was cathartic for her. Yeah, and Simone has been very good about using her voice and speaking out not just on her behalf but on behalf of other survivors because she knows the platform that she has and she knows the influence she has but this is the first time I've seen her get really emotional like this I mean she was her she was fighting back tears and her voice was choked up and she apologized for that and she shouldn't have to but I think and and what she said was they you know they and you could say USA Gymnastics, the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, the FBI, law enforcement, any number of people, they didn't do their jobs. Their jobs are to protect young athletes and they didn't do that. And she said it's so hurtful and just so gut-wrenching that every time these survivors take a step forward, something happens to remind them that they were expendable, for lack of a better word. And it's... When you think about it, I mean, she's she's 22 years old, and she's got a wisdom about this that is really impressive to see. But you think about how young some of these women were when they were abused. It's it's inexcusable, and it's heartbreaking. And when you, it's one thing to read these reports, and you get angry, and and you see some of the mistakes that were made, and you just you wonder how that could have happened. But then when you see Simone have a reaction like she did today, and say what she did today you realize what the personal cost of all of this was. And I think that's the thing that we that we 
I don't want to say we lose sight of it, but we we don't pay enough attention to it, and you know, kind of tend to forget that these were real lives that were damaged and ripped apart. I'm glad you said that because that was something that sort of radiated out of her, for lack of a better term, again uh, to, to me today. It was okay. We you know we've been processing this. You at the forefront as much as anybody, if not more, working in this capacity on this story in a lot of different ways. Um, but it brought it home uh, in a new way today. And it made me think about, you know, the, the consequences of kind of unchecked evil mm-hmm. and negligence. And I, it, it's not the thing I think anybody wants to be dwelling on, but I think it's the thing people need to be thinking about as we have this high-profile event here in Kansas City. Yeah, well, and I think it's... It doesn't matter if the mistakes were made through negligence or fear or self-interest. The mistakes were still made, and they affected hundreds and thousands, really, of lives. And I think that's the thing that that we all need to be cautious of going forward. It's not just the finding out of the the how this happened and what mistakes were made, but how do we avoid them going forward? How do we make sure that keeping athletes, particularly young, vulnerable athletes, how do we keep them safe? And that should be at the forefront of everybody's mind, everybody's job. And I think that's what, what was lost sight of by everybody. I mean, you know, and I have said I feel partly responsible for it too because I've covered the sport for so long, never saw anything like this, never, you know, you you, you knew that the culture, that there was something messed up about the culture, but you didn't I, I didn't dig in and we all have a responsibility to do that going forward well we we couldn't have asked for a better guest on this topic on in, in so many ways and I, I as always you're eloquent and 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 just cut to the core of the story and I think it's really important for our audience to hear from you on this Nancy so we really appreciate Nancy armor from USA today being our guest thank you for having me The U.S. Gymnastics Championships begin Thursday at Sprint Center with the men's juniors and seniors. And there's local flair with three Kansas City area gymnasts competing with the senior women. All are coached by Al Fong, who is owner of the Great America Gymnastics Express, or Gage, Center in Blue Springs. Carrie Eaker is from Grain Valley and was the 2018 U.S. Balance Beam silver medalist. Aaliyah Finnegan from Lee Summit is the reigning Gymnics International Vault Champion. And Leanne Wong from Overland Park, who in her senior debut competition at the American Cup in March, won the all-around. The competition concludes on Sunday. Thanks for listening to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars sports podcast. Links to the stories we discuss can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and in the print editions of the Kansas City Star. Thanks to Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for producing today's show. And we'll leave you with this from Aaliyah Finnegan about competing at Sprint Center in front of the home fans. Is there extra meaning in this building and not somewhere else in the country? Um, I think so, because, you know, I've been here for, like, different things, as, like, concerts and shows and stuff like that. And for championships to be here and competing here, I think it's just so cool. Yeah, how many, how many friends and family have been I think a decent amount. We have some people coming in and some of my school friends that don't normally get to come to these things. They um, are coming, so I'm excited to show them what I've been working. <laughs> I think maybe a little bit, but at the same time, it gets you energized for the meet. So, I was say, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs>